We are live now, so here we go. Coming to you live is the Auto Hub Show, changing automotive one show at a time with Ian and Jeff. And here we go. <laughs> Who said you can't teach an old dog new tricks? Hi, I'm Gail Rubenstein, the founder and CEO of a company called Retail Resilient Social Selling for the Car Industry. And we help auto dealers, auto agencies, and vendors in the auto industry sell more cars, service more cars, and make more money using our social selling strategy. That includes TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and anything else you can think of. So if you're looking to invest thousands and make millions, we're definitely the social selling company for you. Like I said, who said you can't teach an old dog new tricks? If you run a service drive, you know these days, first impressions matter. But when your advisors are tied up with inbound phone calls, they tend to neglect their other, more important duties. And did you know, 75% of all service calls are frequently asked questions and routine requests. Still, the average dealer misses up to 30% of inbound calls, adding up to a ton of missed service opportunity and increased customer churn. 68% of callers actually go elsewhere if they can't get through, which means you could be losing sixty dollars to $70,000 every month in service revenue simply from missing calls. So who will pick up? Introducing Brooke. Hi there. Your best service scheduling assistant. Brooke is the first intelligent digital voice assistant to answer, handle, and appoint all of your inbound service calls. And talking to Brooke is like talking to a friend with human-level understanding in a friendly conversational voice. Her conversational intelligence is built on millions of actual service industry conversations. Book with Brooke today. Visit brooke.ai or call 866-942-1236. Finally, the perfect match. Our goals are always to improve. Every month we want to improve better on what we did the month before, maybe the year before. It's about how fast we can get the cars done with quality work to get it to the front line because that's where we make our money. And the bottom line is the longer it takes, the more money you spend. We want to get it down as low as possible. Right now, like I said, we're in a great stage. We're in four and a half days. Recon, we want to know how quickly we can get the cars out of the recon process and to the front line. The average days in recon and then the time to line are the most important things to be looking at. I'm Mike Burrell. I'm service director at JM Lexus. Larry Feldman is probably the most amazing trainer that I've ever experienced in this business. Uh, I've been in the car business now for 35 years, uh, and I've seen quite a few trainers. A lot of them are pretty good. I mean, really, I get something out of all of them that I've seen, really. But Larry is a, in another class. I really mean that. His training is literally riveting. A little while back, I sat in on his first training that I ever sat in on. It was for new hires. I still remember. I'll never forget it. Uh, about 25 people in the room who have never sold cars before. After two hours, I raised my hand. Larry stopped what he was doing and said, yes. 
And I said, um, maybe we should take a break. And literally, I'll never forget it. All 25 people turned around, looked at me, and went, well, okay, okay. And he kept going for another two hours. Since then, I've, I've seen a few other of his trainings. I've hired people out of his classes. All I can say is, uh, you got to give him a try. Welcome and good morning or good afternoon, depending on where you are in North America. Uh, just so that you know, we have a special interview today uh, uh, from Nico, and he's from BlackBerry, if you're familiar with the brand. Uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about automotive and BlackBerry, if you're not familiar, but also uh, we're going to get more information about what's going on with the future of automotive, specifically on the technology front, being that BlackBerry is a technology company. You maybe remember them uh, years ago when they had a, a phone with a very secure keyboard. Curie keyboard, I believe it was. But uh, Nico, maybe you can tell me a little bit more about what you do at BlackBerry and where BlackBerry is in automotive these days. Excellent. Thank you. I'm excited to be on the show and uh, looking forward to speaking with you about cars, technology, and everything in between. Uh, so my name is Nico Hammond. I'm the Vice President of Business Development at BlackBerry, specifically working in our IoT automotive division. Uh, so I have a true passion for cars. I'm a classic car lover and also interested in next generation technology in automotive. I spend most of my days working with automakers on the future of automotive design, as well as uh, exciting technology pilots with automakers and automotive suppliers. Uh, I'm also responsible for our strategic automotive partnership with Amazon, Amazon Web Services, and we're uh, co-developing a product called BlackBerry Ivy, which is an intelligent vehicle data platform that we announced in 2022. Uh, I also live in Calgary, Alberta, for those Canadian viewers, uh, and a member of the Wild Rose Rod and Custom Club. Uh, I have a 1964 Oldsmobile Cutlass and a 1998 Jeep Cherokee, so I love the classics of the new tech. Fantastic. So obviously there's a lot of focus on screens today. Um, as I look at the cars that uh, come out, whether it be from um, new entrants into the industry or older entrants into the industry or established car makers or luxury car makers or performance cars. Even the old uh, Porsche products I've noticed are, are doing decks that look like the old decks but have new tech in them. I actually looked at a Grand Wagoneer yesterday. I was in a, a Chrysler Dodge Jeep store that a buddy of mine owns and they have this Grand Wagoneer, believe it or not, costs about $120,000 and it's got nothing but screens. But that's true whether you're looking at a Volvo product, whether you're looking at a Mercedes-Benz, whether you're looking at Lucid, whether you're looking at uh, uh, Honda, whether it's Toyota, whether it's Lamborghini. I mean, there's obviously a lot of screens going on. And I know there was lots of talk about how these little things were distracting. Um, but also there's an interaction with the screens. I did a demo of the Lucid Air. And it was interesting how these screens can be configured, but more importantly, how you could change the configuration based on who is in the car. So obviously there's a lot of interest from car makers. I know uh, BMW got a lot of heat recently for saying, well, we can sell you a monthly recurring revenue model for heated seats, for example, as a feature. But obviously all the car makers are looking for ways as they transition to electric to increase revenue, but also to figure out ways to sell things in cars to customers being that, you know, the younger generation is used to doing that pretty much everywhere, whether it be Netflix or YouTube or TikTok or whatever. But what's your thought on the future of screens, but more importantly, working with the OEM and also, uh, you know, customers? What do you think? Where do you think that experience in car is going to go as we move towards self-driving, even though I hear Elon has got a 
He's redefining that statement, supposedly, this week. What do you think? Yeah, you do see it a lot in the new models, and I have the pleasure to see and work with a lot of them, too. So, you know, from, from my work with automakers, we definitely see that there's a big, you know, trend for the in-cabin experience, right? So not only the driver, uh, but the other passengers in the vehicle, and, some, and protecting that experience and offering new things to, you know, more than just the driver in the car. So that's where you'll see a lot of screens. I have seen some really interesting technology where, you know, if a driver is looking, you can't see what's on the passenger side screen to protect those type of things. I think it's a bit of a balance. And, you know, that's where we come in on some things as well as to ensure that the safety of the systems and the safety is never compromised. Um, so, you know, automotive software is a complex thing. And what we see is, you know, how do you enrich the experience in the vehicle, but how do you also not compromise safety? So one thing we do, and, you know, I guess to go back to your point a little bit on kind of BlackBerry and, and our legacy, you know, is in security and safety. And especially when it looks at BlackBerry Cunix, which is our automotive software division, we're embedded in over 215 million vehicles and a leading provider of that safety certified software to automakers and suppliers. So this covers a broad range, you know, things like you talked about the heads up display or the clusters in the vehicles, everything from the core operating system, advanced drivers, uh, assistance systems, as well as acoustics. So it's a fine balance. You know, we cover the whole vehicle. And we're there to support what the automaker's vision is, as well as making sure that we don't compromise any of the safety. So that that part of it. And then, you know, as they're looking to define themselves, kind of as you mentioned, of especially in the EV space, how are you, how are they looking to offer things that are fresh to the consumer, right? So how does it know a little bit more about who you are and actually help you drive? Uh, so what you know, some we see is especially in the EV space, uh, you know, a lot of the concerns today. Infrastructure was previously, that's getting better, I believe, you know, in some parts of the world, as well as uh, range. So what, what we're looking at doing and one specific thing that's very interesting there is how do you know, you know, how someone's driving to give a personalized range for what your battery is, as well as make recommendations to the driver to help extend that range and have a better in-vehicle experience. So it's finding a balance of kind of the consumer side of it versus, you know, how does it actually help you? as, you know, functionality from your day-to-day -day and as a consumer and a driver or others in the vehicle. understand. So, obviously, there's a lot going on in vehicles today. I mean, I had the opportunity to drive a new Genesis SUV. I think it was the GV70. And I have to say I was a little bit overwhelmed with just the amount of technology that really made it difficult to drive the vehicle. And actually, a buddy of mine just bought an M5 uh, X5. I'm not that familiar with BMW, but again, there was just a lot going on when it came to parking sensors, when it came to displays in the car, when it came to interaction with the driver. So what, how do you define that sort of fine line between useful and customer experience and then drivability without distraction as we look at, I don't know, 20 or 30 inch screens with it, where the whole gauge cluster is basically a screen? Like, what do you yeah. think there? It, it, again, it's a balance and it's, you know, it's very, automotive software is very complex. There's, you know, within current modern vehicles, there's up to 100 million lines of code running over 100 ECUs and a growing number of those sensors, as you mentioned. So automakers are looking to kind of consolidate that and reduce the number of systems to kind of hone in on that experience and make it a little bit of a smoother experience uh, for customers. The other piece of it is how do you decouple some of that to bring 
a bit more of that cloud-like agility into the vehicle while ensuring that safety is there. Um, that's a common theme we're hearing, especially as they're working on the next software-defined vehicles. And exactly what we're looking to help solve for with uh, BlackBerry Ivy is really the goal around how do you help them with development tools as well as how do you take harness that vehicle data and present it to applications or recommendations to a driver. So essentially it's what BlackBerry Ivy does is we securely abstract some of that sensor or data information and it processes in the vehicle and would share a data insight to provide a new experience to a driver. And what we do there is we actually provide a recommendation or to take for the driver to take action, not actually command or control the vehicle in any way. So to give you an example of that, as I mentioned it, it may know that you, you know, you're driving the vehicle and based on your driving style, if you're aggressive or economical, it would make a recommendation to you that's a personalized range of your battery. So it would know specific to you and your driving style and potentially recommend to you you know, a speed or a velocity recommendation to improve your battery range. So it's finding the balance and working with automakers on those things that would actually help, right? Get utility and kind of longevity out of the battery in your day to day versus some that are more kind of consumer and app focused um, where we where we work with BlackBerry Ivy specifically is around how do we harness and get value and show those type of things that an automaker can put a service around and offer it to an end consumer in the vehicle. So when I'm looking at that uh, from a point of view international, I mean, obviously China is 30% of the automotive market, but even in North America and Europe, you have multiple language ability and automakers are global. Are you seeing anything from a point of view of interaction with say phones to pick something um, where the, the automotive manufacturer maybe uses BlackBerry Ivy for their main operating system for the car, but they're also having to integrate, say, Android Auto or Apple CarPlay. And they also have to worry about maybe in market where they have something like uh, GM OnStar or Volvo Solution, or potentially they're dealing with consumers with different language needs. Um, how does that all gauge, but more importantly, security obviously being a moniker of BlackBerry, how do, does that have any impact on security and who gets the data? Yeah, for sure. So a lot of great questions. Um, one specifically, so BlackBerry Ivy is middleware in the vehicle. So it's predominantly in the vehicle, but it can be controlled and configured from the cloud. So we, we sit on top of an operating system, um, you know, Cunix operating system, as I mentioned. And what that does is allow us to access that data securely or those signals securely in the vehicle and apply machine learning or advanced algorithm, kind of updatable code in the vehicle. We work and, and it complements things like, you know, Android or Apple technology. And what we do is provide those specific insights for the automaker to take them and build them into that application, be it in the head unit, a mobile application. So th that's, their responsibility and they take on that of what the experience and what their brand experience is for the customer. We help enable a lot of that foundational kind of architecture, um, that intelligence on the edge, be it, you know, with QNIC from an operating system and BlackBerry Ivy as the middleware. Uh, so that's one piece. We, we do actually have 
seen you know a high demand for china we have blackberry tunics as well as ivy have active pilots and business in china and it's uh, very exciting you know there it's a very fast paced moving market and we have a number of pilots there where they're looking at you know getting some intelligence from battery management systems or how do you manage you know compute power or the actual power in electric vehicles so there's a, a lot of cool things and a lot of cool innovation happening on that front um, but as you mentioned too with the last part of the question was, you know, as a complexity grows, um, so does the, the need for that safety and security, right? So be it, you know, securing from edge, like be in vehicle part of it, or even on the cloud and automotive, how do you do that to prevent prevent cyber attacks? And, you know, similar that I talked about the, uh, the safety side with vehicles for BlackBerry Tunix, BlackBerry has a rich history in security as well. It's in our DNA. And we work very closely. We have professional services teams that work with the automakers as well as the, our partners to build security into those architectures. So those you know, software-defined vehicle architectures from day one, uh, as well as how we help them address any vulnerabilities. Uh, we've demonstrated a few things there where you can actually show how do you prevent any intrusion detection from machine learning in a vehicle uh, that would prevent malware from happening. Uh, we are also with BlackBerry Ivy, we're working with uh, a very forward-thinking partner, uh, CarIQ, and who has a secure payment solution. And we're deploying that in the vehicle, directly in the vehicle, so that, that it would actually protect and verify who the owner of the vehicle is and uh, protect against payment fraud. So we're looking at ways of how you get smarter and apply technology actually in the vehicle to reduce the, the risk of you know data having to leave the vehicle. So everything processes directly in the car, in the vehicle, and stays in the vehicle if they choose. So it provides provides a lot of flexibility and control to the automaker and gives some uh, security and um, well-being back to the consumer because then they know their data is not leaving the vehicle. It's there to help them and help what they need to do with the vehicle in their day-to-day. -day. So what's the biggest, I guess, uh, challenge or problem or concern as we move forward into that electric or multi-choice future from a software point of view? From a software point of view, yeah, yeah, it's interesting. It's um, as I mentioned, where you know the complexity. A lot of automakers right now are looking to consolidate that compute, reduce the number of those disparate systems, and it's you know we get asked, you know, how can we help? Uh, it's a common theme we hear from automakers and partners to, to support the next generation of their software-defined vehicle. And that's exactly what we're looking to do with BlackBerry Tunix and Ivy. So how do we reduce some of their software development time uh, to accelerate time to market, but make sure that it's safe and secure? And the way we do that is, you know, ensuring that it doesn't compromise the safety of those systems, but provide some of that innovation for consumers. And we like to call it, you know, that the foundational architecture all the way from the lowest level, you know, kernel in the vehicle, all the way up to the cloud to ensure that's there and that they have confidence in that. And what about the future as we look at ownership term of cars, we're looking at five to seven years being historic in North America. But as we look into electric cars and that cost of vehicles obviously increasing, we're probably looking at a car that's going to be on the road somewhere between seven and maybe as long as 15 years. Is that a concern from terms of updating that software as things get more complex, kind of similar to a phone as it slows down over time? What's your thought there as sort of a customer, multiple customers may own a car for 15 years, for example? Yeah, great question. And we, we do see that a lot um, when we're working with automakers on 
you know, how do we keep the experience fresh in the vehicle? How do we have the technology uh, fresh? You know, historically, you've seen it would take, you know, a design cycle from a specific vehicle model, you know, roughly three to four years to see something new. That's changing, right? There's new players and the traditional automakers have made great strides there. One thing that we see is as part of the software defined vehicle is how do you bring that agility, like I talked about, from the cloud into the vehicle? And what we see there is so it's a bit more of a modular architecture. And where BlackBerry Ivy helps is we're looking to throughout the life cycle of the vehicle. So, you know, day one of production or five years down the road, you can provide new experiences because you can send new code through, you know, an OTA over the air system where it would update the vehicle and provide that new experience. So you could send a new algorithm or a machine learning model to the vehicle that can now read any of those you know, updated sensors or virtual sensors, and then provide that new experience as a service to a customer. So it, it's really interesting because what we see is, you know, automakers to an extent have a good view of what the world looks like in the next few years. But as you get out to that five to eight year mark, there's a lot of flexibility of, you know, what a driving application or an in-vehicle experience will look like. And it provides flexibility as they design that and build what they want or what consumers demand into the actual technology stack. So I think that's kind of the coolest thing when you look at it is, you know, you put the foundation in, but it's updatable and refreshable throughout the whole life cycle of that car as it's growing. And what, what about security from a point of view of that uh vehicle being turned in, and I'm going back to when I sold cars, when you had new systems at the time, like navigation, where uh, essentially, and actually even the last car I owned, or two cars ago, um, all the information from that previous consumer was still in the car. So including her home address, for example. I mean, are you working with automotive manufacturers to maybe make it easier for dealers to erase that information when a car is trained in or reset it? So that way, the security of that information is eliminated moving forward. I mean, is there any discussion there at all? Yeah, specifically from uh, from the BlackBerry Abbey side, we haven't had direct discussions with automakers on that. Um, but where it does come into play, you know, is we, we do see things getting built into specific, you know, resale value time, right? If it's, you know, a subscription to a music streaming service or, you know, a, a second life battery certificate. So, you know, specifically what you're buying, what is on that EV battery battery in the life of it. Um, we're looking at with BlackBerry Ivy around, you know, understanding uh, what you can do to maximize the life of the battery. And more importantly, as you when we talked about kind of data privacy of, you know, a resale vehicle, one thing that BlackBerry Ivy does, uh, as I mentioned, is, you know, what we do is we process the data in the vehicle real time to actually take an action real time if a driver wants to take that action. It doesn't need to leave the vehicle and it's not thereafter. So you can have kind of, you know, assurance that it's not something that will remain around after unless, you know, that's something you choose or an automaker chooses to do. Uh, so I think, you know, automakers are probably working on that, especially as you mentioned, as the, the vehicle life cycle and multiple ownership takes into account. And then what would be your competitive advantage versus the other uh, software developers or software companies or technology companies in the space that you compete with from an OEM point of view and from a customer point of view in Europe? Yeah, so we, we actually, we positioned and designed Ivy, uh, BlackBerry Ivy to be, um, to not create any vendor lock-in from technology. So it's multi-OS multi operating system we work on, as well as multiple clouds. 
And we did that for a specific reason because we want to complement what the automakers are building um, so that it plugs in and we help with that middleware and some of the foundational architecture where they can use it and augment what they're doing and how their developers can have tools to make things easier, like deploy machine learning into a vehicle or get those richer insights. So we see that as something of we, we you know, made a, a design decision as well as as we're developed developing BlackBerry Abbey to make sure that that flexibility and, and complementary pieces there. We're also working with uh, automakers to bring in, you know, how much of a third party uh, technology support providers that they want to use as part of that ecosystem. So we're working with, you know, one that I mentioned, which was Car IQ. Another one is Electra Vehicles, who has some very impressive uh, machine learning technology around electric uh vehicles and battery management and the automakers can choose to bring that those um, partners into their solution so we give them kind of control of the software stack that and they can complement and build on top of it um, so ho hopefully that gives you a little bit of a view of the space and kind of what we're working towards and as we move it thanks for that and as we move into vr and web 3.0 and virtual driving and home driving, self-driving, all this stuff. Where do you see automotive software in five to 10 years? Like where, where do you see that future in a, in a car experience? What do you think? Yeah, it's about it's You're breaking up. I think I might've lost them. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I think I got you out. Go ahead. Sorry about that. Uh, yeah, we see a lot of, you know, plans to to get that um, in place for 2030. And I think it's still a long road and a balance. So it's, it's you know, making sure that they work foundationally with those autonomous systems and the next generation of the vehicles from a safety perspective. And a lot of that takes from, you know, testing data and having that safety and confidence. The in-vehicle side, I think, will definitely be interested uh, because, you know, you'll see different things of where you can nod your head to point to a parking space or, you know, what scene or object detection you see on the road and how that can trigger an event. So there's a lot of things that automakers, you know, are looking at um, and trying to solve for. And I think, you know, that's a little bit of a longer road, but they're making investment in innovation and technology um, to try and make that a bit more of a reality in the next 10 years. Well, I appreciate that. I mean, obviously, there's a new company on if you're familiar with them called the Jetsons, and there's another company that just launched that has a car that drives and flies. So we may finally see flying cars. But I appreciate you taking the time today to be on the Auto Hub Show and to share some details on uh, BlackBerry and what you're up to. Uh, where can people get information, whether it be OEM or other, about BlackBerry and the services you offer? Yeah, excellent. So uh, BlackBerry.com, we have uh, on our products page, you'll see BlackBerry Ivy or BlackBerry Cunix for our suite of automotive suite of products. Um, as well, you can reach out to myself. I can provide uh, my email address or on LinkedIn, Nico Hammond. Um, be happy to, you know, as they mentioned, kind of spend my day working with automakers and partners and love the discussion. So if anyone would like to have a follow on discussion, I'm happy to do so. Thanks so much for taking the time. I appreciate it. And if you're not listening live, this uh, audio version will be available shortly. And of course, it's a streaming episode, so we will have it available on our website and wherever you get the Auto Hub Show content. Uh, if you are going to be live in San Diego next month, uh, Jeff and I will be live at the show. Jeff couldn't make it today, unfortunately. And we will be interviewing automotive professionals from all over 
uh, North America live at the show, but more importantly, we'll be doing our patented ambush interviews live. So if you're going to be in San Diego next month, feel free to stop by. And of course, uh, definitely check out BlackBerry, uh, changing automotive uh, one car at a time. Thanks very much. Have a great yes, day. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. It was a great show. And follow us anywhere you would like on your favorite podcast, on Facebook, on LinkedIn, and of course on our YouTube, or subscribe to our own channel.